Generally Speaking About the Church, episode number 31. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Generally Speaking About the Church. My name is Cliff Ravenscraft, and yes, we are relaunching About the Church as a weekly, well, almost weekly podcast. We're going to attempt it, yeah. And I've got somebody new in the studio with me. Well, everybody, welcome back. I I know it's been a long time that About the Church has been on hiatus, and many of you have been asking me, where is this podcast you keep talking about that's going to come one day? Well, (laughs) you know, hey, I was waiting on God to provide a great co-host, and I am here to introduce to you today D.G. Hollams. D.G., welcome to the studio. Thanks so much, Cliff. We stacked to be here. You've got a really cool studio, by the way. I just... Oh, thank you. I want to put that on air. I said it out loud already, but... I want to make sure everyone knows this is a pretty, pretty kickbuck place. Well, thank you very much. I tell you, it, it's all benefit. Um, you know, everything comes as a result of GSPN TV Plus members. They're really behind what supports what we're doing here, and uh, it, it. I'll tell you what, it's it's what's enabled me to leave my career in insurance behind and podcast and do ministry full time through. And hundredth member, right? We just, huge celebration, just like was it yesterday or today? That was today. Today, today, that's 100, awesome. Congratulations, one hundred GSPN TV plus members. Uh, we finally got the plus feeds working, and everything's good to go. And we just announced like two weeks ago that we were transitioning our content to more of a premium content model on many of our shows. And people responded. We went from like 66 members up to 100 in no time at all. And and we're we're working towards our goal of 1,000 plus members. That's right. Well, thanks everybody for listening. This is just an yeah. honor to be here. So this. so here's the deal. Um, DG, you've never listened to the About the Church podcast yet, have you? That's correct. I did zero homework because I didn't want to be tainted in any way. That's all right. That's all right. <laughs> And uh, what's a, what's amazing here, of course, everybody that's listening to this podcast, pretty much, uh, it, it, at least the people who are subscribed to it, know already my background and everything like that. So we're not going to go too deep into that. If you're a brand new listener for the very first time, maybe somebody uh, out there that, that knows DG and heard that he's doing this podcast, you might want to go back into the archives. Uh, those are available over at gspn.tv. At least the most recent five episodes are. You can you can join me by going back. Join me by yeah. going back into the previous episodes. Well, we're, <laughs> we're going to need to get you a plus membership, DG, so you can go all the way back to episode one. Nice. Now, I, I think I can comp you a a plus membership. Oh no way, gonna... no way, no, uh-uh, no. I'm supporting you, man. All this, right. You're just going to have to deal with my support and blessing. All right. Sorry. Sounds good. All right. Well, <laughs> I apologize for blessing you. Well, look at it. <laughs> 101 plus members right here as we record. Sweet. So anyway, um, here here's the deal. About the Church has always been this podcast that in my mind that is not a platform for preaching and teaching necessarily. I mean, that, there's there are so many podcasts out there for that. Sure. Oh yeah. Okay. Um, the thing is, is this isn't this also isn't a place where we're always right and we're going to share our basic wisdom and knowledge and and instill it upon you. I the, the idea is that I really want this to be more of a conversational style podcast where two Christian men who are very sincere about knowing Christ, serving Christ and 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 continuing to deepen ourselves in our relationship with God and and seeking to know him more. 
and sure. and and of course the thing is is of you know being free to say whatever we want in this podcast and in such that we're allowed to say when we struggle we're allowed to say when uh, we have a hard time understanding a certain aspect of something that's written in the scriptures. We're, it, it, we have the freedom here to say that we doubt in certain areas. Sure. Uh, we have freedoms to, to pretty much say whatever we want because you know what? We are who we are. Exactly, yeah. And I really believe that, that there needs to be more podcasting out there, and, and, and this is my addition to the, to the mix more podcasting out there that really gives a flavor for what it what a real everyday ordinary god-fearing christian actually goes through who we are on the inside and a lot of people that listen to gspn.tv they get to hear a lot about they get to see some of that through me but I'd like to hear I, – I would love for people to hear some of the conversations I have with fellow Christian brothers and sure. si- brothers and sisters. And so yeah. uh, that's really what I want is, is to have some dialogue and let somebody hear me and another good fellow Christian b- person sit and just have some real honest discussions. And so that's what this, this show is going to be about. And uh, we want to say right off the bat, we will play your questions if you call oh, in yes. and leave a voicemail. We want to hear your questions. Uh, we can't guarantee that we have all the answers. And, no, yeah. and when we don't, we'll probably play your question and say, wow, that's a good question. And we, yeah. may, we may move on. We'll come back to that next week after we do some research for you. Yeah. Exactly. But uh, feel free to call in your questions. The phone number, of course, seven days a week, 24 hours a day. Area code 859-795-4067. That's, again, 859-795-4067. We would love to hear from you. So, DG, let's let's talk for a little bit because, you know what, honestly, I just met you on Twitter, I think, probably two weeks ago. Maybe two weeks. Ma- <laughs> ma- maybe two weeks ago. <laughs> yes, and, that's true. And so, basically, in essence, what happened was you contacted me... Um, through Twitter, I contacted you. I you said something about you had a podcast. I looked at theguyspodcast.com, dot com, and then I saw you, this Praxis podcast, and I started like, who the who is this DG guy? By the way, who goes around? I've never heard anybody called DG DG, and I'm like, <laughs> and and all of a sudden it's like I've heard JD, I've heard PJ, I heard this, but DG is like that. Just that's different. And then all of a sudden, <laughs> I so I I added you into my Plaxo account. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. and my iPhone decided to, to reverse your initials. And the other day you called and it says GD. <laughs> I'm like, wait a second. His name's not GD. Is it? Yeah. Is it GD? That would not be good. Yeah. So so what does DG stand for? It, it stands for my name. Okay. Um, and that's why I normally tell people and make them have this awkward face, just like yours right now. No, uh, it stands. It stands for Duncan Grady. I'm named after both my grandfathers. Okay, they didn't want to piss off either one of them, uh, so the, they both got the first name. You know, gotcha. I put my fingers in quotes when I said first name. So they just said D period, G period, made everybody happy. I got to go to recess a lot earlier when I write my name in cursive on the big chief tablets. You know, seven yeah. twenty times before you can go to recess. Duncan Grady instead of instead of that just doing DG that was a lot faster I got to go to recess sooner, that's, so. that's awesome but that's where my name came from it's, it's named after both my grandfathers but I mean there's a good awesome heritage behind this you know J.R.R. Tolkien and yeah. C.S. Lewis I mean come on I just need to be a little bit smarter than what I am and write a book and then I'd have a great pen name yeah, ex- exactly. But uh, but see, the, the thing is, is I had to unmask the mystery right up front because at least we know it was Clive was C.S. Lewis's name, right? Right. Yeah. So I, I mean, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. 
So, and <laughs> what is J.R.R. talking? What was his first name? Oh, my gosh. I, you know, I don't people know. are going to kill me for not knowing that. <laughs> like, I feel bad for not knowing that. <laughs> we should pause and Google you know, it. We, sh- we should just fly to England, go to the in- go to the Eagle and Child Pub, because that's where the Inklings used to meet, yeah. C.S. Lewis and Tolkien, and then one of the guys, I forgot the other guy's name was. Anyway, and that's, we should just go ask them. You know, hey, what was Jr.'s yeah, uh, real name? And then they'll, they'll they'll smite us with their looks. They'll be like, "Who's his first name? It's his name." <laughs> <laughs> and we get the same awkward face that I give everybody else. There you go. So tell tell us about DG. I, how old are you? I am. Good night. Um, I think I'm 32. I'm 32. I'm I've pretty so sure I'm 32. I, and just in case anybody's wondering, I'm 35. Uh, and you're married. Is that correct? Yes. Tiffany is my wife, and we've been married for, it'll be 10 years this August. Sweet. Congratulations. Thank you very much. And no kids. We're working on, uh, we actually just closed that part of our life trying to have kids with in vitro or not necessarily, we didn't ever do in vitro, but with shots and infertility and stuff like that. So now we're actually, we're looking into adoption. We're really stoked about it. I'm I'm really, I'm really excited about it. We just have to find our agency and then just go from there and find out what else. That's awesome. I I'll tell you that that is a really cool thing that that you guys have opened up, you know, that area because there are so many children out there really that need a family and definitely. I and we oh man, I mean just by going to different places like Guatemala and stuff like that on mission trips and stuff like that, it's just you know, my heart is just completely poured out for you know, orphans and widows. I mean, there's a whole bunch more in the Bible about orphans and widows than there ever is about, hey, go birth your own kids. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It was it was a huge part of everybody's you know social status um, and things like that. But um, but yeah, I mean, we're we're really we're really excited about it. We're That's very, very and cool. we. But it was a challenge, man. I will tell you, it was. Um, you can just you can read my blog at dg.holloms.com because I mean, we wrestled with it. I mean, we were just with tears and just, I mean. I'm surprised I didn't wrestle with God and come out with a new name kind of a thing. It was just, it was hardcore wrestling because we just, we wanted so badly to have our own flesh and blood. Yeah. And I'm the, I'm the only brother. Uh, my brother passed away at age 35 due to Burke's lymphoma. Oh, wow. And so my parents, I'm the only, you know, son that they could be able to have to pass on the bloodline of the name. Sure. Um, and things like that. So but anyway. But yeah, wow. it's we're at a great, awesome place right now, and we're just really excited about where God wants to do with us there. Well, I, we're we'll all be waiting with bated breath as uh, we follow you along this journey, and and yeah. we'll be looking forward to sharing it in upcoming uh, weeks and months ahead. So, uh, the other thing I want to ask you, because obviously, uh, again, it, my history is out there in the in the history of this in the archives of this podcast. But uh, tell me, did you grow up in the church? Yes, uh, I was actually born and raised in a small West Texas United Methodist Church, uh, and it was very high church as far as the worship style is concerned. I mean, very uh, high church. Very high church is my term for it, which basically meant uh, we always said the Lord's Prayer, we always had the Apostles' Creed. Um, I mean, most people would kind of go in there and say, "Wow, these, they're more Catholic." <laughs> yeah, they're more Roman Catholic, kind of in their understanding and stuff like that, but. But I mean, it was just, it was, that's just the way we were. We always sang hymns and, you know, it was just a very traditional kind of worship service. And as opposed to my wife who grew up in New Mexico and I tell her all the time, I give her a hard time that her, her Methodist church might as well have been Baptist. (laughs) (laughs) But you know, that's, that's, that's like a huge Baptist area, West Texas and New Mm -hmm. Mexico and, and, or just Texas in general, actually. But, uh, so yeah, I grew up in the church, United Methodist. I was born and raised and, uh, and I, you know. That's I never left it, so I never I never changed denominations. I never 
uh, did anything like that. I just stayed United Methodist my entire life. So, so obviously the United now, I mean. Is there a non-United Methodist church out there? Yeah, yeah. Okay. What? Uh, I mean, there's free Methodists. Free. Okay. Free. Yeah. I've I've heard that term. Yeah. So well, if we want to get into all the splits and stuff, we no, can. But. No, no, no. I don't want to get into all the splits. I just I just wanted yeah. to ask in general. So so there's yeah, the yeah. United Methodist and there is the free, free Methodist. Methodist. Is uh-huh. there other Methodists? Uh, I think there's just plain Methodist, especially if you go to like to England and stuff like that. But okay. if they have the word United in front of them, then they all are. I mean, you can pretty much. Go in there and know exactly. Maybe I shouldn't. I have to clarify. They they all have agreed to say yes. This is what we believe okay. as far as a creed. They've and, agreed and to like bl- that. say that's what we believe. right. And it's hardcore. Um, lots of polity. So we have a huge book of discipline. Oh and, yeah. You know, just all of that stuff. It's. It's, uh, there's a part of me that really longs for being a part of non-denominational churches. I'm there's loving also, it, my friend. I'm loving but it. But there's also there's also a rich and beautiful history attached yes, to yeah, denominations as well. So I mean, you know, it's just it's there's good and bad and everything. So it's, yeah, <laughs> no doubt. And of course, uh, the Nazarene Church, which was is is where I, I gain a lot of my earlier experiences in the church, and especially uh, it was the result of my salvation ultimately and. And 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 my entry into the ministry, full you know, uh, into right. actual ministry. So, um, and of course, the Nazarene Church was an offshoot of the Methodist Church, right? So, yeah. John Wesley the- Wesleyan theology is is pretty much where it's at. Yeah, <laughs> well, I would I, I would mean, agree with that. No, 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 no. I, I didn't I didn't mean that. But I, I mean, know what you're talking. I, I, not not to spite anybody that has another theology, but I'm just saying that that from this end, things sure. are going to be heavily. Viewed or heavily weighted on the Wesleyan theology. Well, there's going to be a in, in, in my brain and my soul. There's going to be an emphasis on grace. Yeah, uh, there's going to be an emphasis on the Trinity, uh, and you know those are my two main things. I mean, now, see, in the Nazarene Church, there was an emphasis on holiness. Right, and that's and that's another part of it too. Sure, holiness is a huge aspect of it. But uh, like, if you go to like Asbury College down in Wilmore, mm-hmm. I mean, they're they're real hardcore holinists, and they're yeah. they're based around the holiness movement. So. You know, you can't wear screen print T-shirts because it would not. You know, it's 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 all about being holy, understanding. Right. Uh, but but yeah, I mean, it's 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 all part of it. It's, now now this podcast is designed for people who have you know either uh, who are Christian that would be sure. totally awesome. Come join us. Matter of fact, those are the people probably not like this show the most because we are very <laughs> open about what we think about different things yeah exactly so uh but then there's the people who kind of grew up or had an experience in the church or experience with christianity whether good or bad but they are not a part of any christian church today uh that there always obviously be a lot of those people listening and i know for a fact there will be hundreds if not thousands of people who listen to our entertainment-based podcast who have absolutely no history with any Christian organization or the church or anything whatsoever. And so when we... But they appreciate really good entertainment like you and I do. Exactly. <laughs> and so here's the deal is is whenever we start using terminology, I'm going to ask you to say, keep a filter open for it as well. Uh, sure. I, I, I'm not a I'm not one of those uh, seeker-sensitive to the extreme of we don't use words like justification, sanctification, and stuff like that. I'm totally cool with that. But the filter that I'd like you and I to keep in mind is when we use a word like that, let's explain it. Right, or, it, or you can you know you can tell me, hey, dude, you, you need to def, you need to define that out because exactly. Yeah, so we'll hold each other. So and and so already there have been two words that we've used: grace. 
you know, grace focused or great heavily. Uh, gra- grace is what I mean. Simply in our terms, not th- again. This is this. Please do not email us and tell us we did not theologically explain that well enough because that's what not what we're here for. Exactly. Yeah. You're going to get Cliff and DG's opinions on things, which is going to be so far screwed up. You can just save yourself the email. We already know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Seriously, what is grace? I, my simple understanding of grace is getting something you don't deserve. Exactly. It, it's pretty. pretty it's pretty much it, it, it's kind of like wiping the slate clean even though you owe something to somebody they wipe it clean it's like don't worry about it right yeah you know exactly yeah like like i explain to people all the time that uh me marrying my wife was a pure act of grace because <laughs> there's no way i ever deserved <laughs> what i got in my wife right <laughs> exactly and so um and and then we talked about holiness movement or you know churches focused on holiness and and in my and when I use that word, the way that I meant that is in the Nazarene Church. The Nazarene Church uh, seemed to really emphasize on uh, living a sin free life or a, a life that is set apart. The word holy means set apart. I mean that's right. the theological term, but it, it, it literally means your life is set apart for God's purpose and nothing else. And it's very much like, you know, it, it, they use some words like eternal sanctification, which we're not going to go into here. <laughs> but but there's this point, and, and, and it's one of the things, it was the biggest struggle I ever had in the Nazarene church was this idea of eternal sanctification and this, you know, idea of perfect love and perfect living. And it's like, whoa, hello. It's, it's, <laughs> it's like, you know, and there's, there was, and what I'm saying, though, is that I believe in holiness. I believe that that should be our goal. I, I just think, for me, I think entire sanctification is at that point when I am with Christ and boom, I'm I'm in his presence. And, and everything there is 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 working out my salvation up to that point. Right. And and so oh gosh, we're talking so much jargon. You and are. I'm not saying I know. I'm here. like, we're gonna talk. It's like nobody's gonna listen to it. anyway. Holiness. <laughs> tell me more about Well and that's another thing too. I mean if we do say a term or something like that, send us an email. Let us know, hey, you need to guys need to define this out. Whether it's on the the boards or, or uh, you know, yep. on the air or whatever else, just let us know. Because I mean, I, I, I'll be honest with you; I'll do the best I can. But some things are just just like you. Whenever, like, if I start talking to somebody who really loves Buffy the Vampire Slayer, they're gonna start whipping out some stuff out there. I'm like, all right, you need to tell me what that is. Yep, yep. I need some help with that. So you know, hey, we're 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 not perfect. We just we want some. We had some feedback back like that too. So, so, so you grew up in the church. You never left the United Methodist Church, which is so vastly different from me. I grew up being sent to church. Was your was your family all in the church and everything? Uh, they weren't like super hardcore, but we went every Sunday. I okay. mean, my dad taught a Sunday school class, so I think that's well, that, that, it was, that's somewhat hardcore. Well, I, I, compared to, to today's. Right, right, right. Okay. But he taught the oldest Sunday school class in the entire church. So it was just basically like he gets to teach his mom's friends. You know? Yeah. <laughs> and he used a curriculum. It's not like he wrote his own or anything like that. And, uh, but he just, but my, you have to understand my father. He's like, he's a district judge, or he was, he's retired now. And the district judge is paid by the state in Texas. So I'm not sure what it is in Kentucky here, what the district no judge clue. terminology is. But, but he always wore a suit. I mean, he was wearing a suit at breakfast in the mornings. I'm talking oh like my, my dad was just like, but he wasn't like super hardcore about it. I mean, he did not push any of that on me at all. Right. He just was like, this is this is what it looks like to have a lot of honor. And this is the way you live your life and you do these things. So that's the way we, you know, that's the way it happened whenever I go to church. But I did skip church one time. 
and, <gasps> um, I didn't know it wasn't a skipping. It was, I was sick and uh-huh. my brother was sick too. But then when my parents came home and saw that we were playing Dungeons and Dragons, cause we played Dungeons and Dragons. So you can tell right there that I was Whoa. like, <laughs> yeah. And so my dad did get a little bit ticked off. <laughs> he came home to see us play a D and D, but he, they knew we were playing D and D. He just was mad that we were playing it when instead of going to church. So, okay. So, so let me ask you this. Did D and D ever really affect your Christ, your relationship with God? Yes, it affected it a lot, and it grew it. Really? <laughs> because it's, I'm dead serious. Tell but, me about because it. Because my brother, who was just a cool, cool guy, uh, he was really into it, but he allowed God to be my God. So I played a cleric, which is like the equivalent of a priest. Yeah. And I would heal people all the time. That was what I would do. Of course, I'd kill undead things and stuff like that, too. But he allowed God to be my God. And so, uh, so I had no issues with worshiping other deities or anything like that because I was just worshiping God. And so now there were other gods, you know, other yeah. people had different gods or something like that. But so, but the cool thing was, is, you know, I would just be like, I'm going to pray to God, you know, not my God, but I'm going to pray to God and I'm just going to, I'm going to cast that spell and, you know, and do all these different things. And so my brother, he really helped me through the whole thing. <laughs> now, this is not an endorsement of people going out there and playing Dungeons and Dragons or D&D, <laughs> but, uh, you know, hey, you know. But, you know, ultimately it's a game. Now, when people started messing around with drugs and the game, then yeah, it's going to screw you over. Well, I remember but. an old focus on the family. Um, what is that? Adventures and Odyssey thing where, you know, the whole, the whole worry, the whole anxiety about it is when your kids start getting into this fantasy world and they start, you know, maybe they don't have somebody like your brother who allows right. your God to be your God. And, and all of a sudden it becomes a little bit more of the role playing of, you know, really saying, Hey, well, this is quite interesting. And then all of a sudden, because the truth is, I mean, my belief, okay, the truth is, okay, strike (laughs) that from the record because I I am not the ultimate authority. My perceived truth is, my perceived truth (laughs) is that there, there is definitely a real dark forces out there. I mean, there, Satan is real, uh, that there are demons out there. There, there are, uh, there are there are forces of of nature that we are not aware of that we don't see on a daily basis, and and I of course that comes from scripture. It says our you know our struggle is not against flesh and blood, and we don't fight with weapons as the world does, but you know sure. powers of darkness in this great world. Right. And so so basically, obviously, I believe that you know that that there are demons, and these demons pretend to be gods, or they pretend to be spirits, and they pretend to have powers that will enable you to do magic, and you can get involved in some of those things. And I think that that's really where the real fear came from from a lot of people when it comes to these games sure. is that all of a sudden somebody might become interested and they start they might start saying you know with no other influence might say you know i wonder if there's any if there's any spirits please you know make yourself known to me and sure and and i believe that a demon could make himself known and all of a sudden start doing some things giving you some cla- cl- what seemingly are some clairvoyant kind of uh, tendencies and and speak to you and and put you in trance and all this other stuff and so uh, is is that a valid do you being do you do you think that that's a valid concern or do you think that that's just a little a little hogwash? Um, <laughs> but you have to understand, I played D anD D, so I mean, no, I, yeah, and I you mean, came out okay. Yeah, I, I, you know, it was just a game to us. It was sure. is a very enjoyable community centric game, right? So, um. But yeah, I mean, it's, but there's no, I don't see any difference between playing that game with having these other gods as reading a bunch of uh, Egyptian literature 
that has a whole bunch of other gods in it or studying, you know, uh, Hinduism has multiple gods in there. And uh, but yes, I mean, I, I, I think anything ultimately that anything that's bad for you is would be the stuff that's actually trying to bring you away from a relationship with God. And so, you know, any of that stuff is a, is a, can be right. used bad and whatever else, just like alcohol, just like sex, just like, I mean, which can be a beautiful thing in marriage, mm-hmm. but humanity will always, <laughs> a lot of times, skew it around and mix it up and become make it selfish or make it power mongering or something like that. Right. So, <clears throat> I mean, it's just like anything else. It's if you... Uh, if you surround yourself with a community that that is pushing those kinds of things, then yeah, you're going to get sucked into it. Um, but I, I, I can see, uh, you know, like I said, it, it actually grew my relationship with God. <laughs> it really did. It's I, the first I ever heard anything and, like and, that. Uh, you know, and that's that's the way God works. Yeah, He takes all this stuff that's bad, and He's like, you know what? I'm going to glorify, glorify you. I'm going to bring that but, stuff. Holy. But do you think maybe it's your 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 background and 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 the good influence that was there along with the game that kind of gave you the upper edge on that, and that if somebody didn't grow up in the faith, that that it might be less of a success story in that area or in that realm. Sure, I can also see that too. But you know, once again, if you play, if you talk to the majority of the players that play D and D, uh huh. It's just a bunch of people playing a game. Gotcha. That's cool. They're rolling no, dice, and they're what the fun thing about D anD D, at least for me, was the interaction of the other people uh-huh. because you got to role play. It's it's like it's almost like you got to create a fairy tale book right before your eyes. Yeah. And so you're like, I'm going to play the character of Bilbo, or or uh, you know, pick a C.S. Lewis character, and I'm going to I'm going to play out C.S. Lewis's character, and I think that you know they would have this mindset, and they would be fun, you know, whatever else. And so yeah. that's that's the that was the enjoyment of it is to be able to interact with people, but it's almost like uh, no difference in my mind than acting. Yeah. Except you didn't have to put on the stuff; you could just act it out with your words and your thoughts with other people around the table. So. Yeah. Well, I, I must I must say that I am completely ignorant of the whole thing, and 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 the obviously or honestly, before me, I look at that game as being just as enjoyable as as maybe sitting down and watching a baseball game on television, and yeah. it's just something that doesn't interest me at all. But I, right. I yeah, it's cool. Yeah. I, okay. Very. I mean, that, what does that little to do slice with, of history? There you go. <laughs> of DG Holland. All right. So there you go. So. <laughs> Um, let's see here. So you never fell away from your faith? Um, you know, in college, there might have been two or three times where I was more and more excited about women than I was about God. Um, but uh, gracefully, God, you know, just like I said, my wife at that point in time was just my best friend. Mm-hmm. And uh, and she is phenomenal. I mean, she you can be like, hey, tell me where where'd this where this scripture come from. And she could like name it off the top of her head. And I never, I never got into scripture memory or anything like that. So I'm constantly just having to have a Bible near me. And yeah. just like, oh, okay, let me look it up, you know, or go to my computer. But, um, but yeah, I mean, in, in college there was two or three, I mean, two or three moments where I was just, I, I you know, I, I tell everybody I went to college for two things, a degree and a wife. And, uh, <laughs> and my wife, the only, when I was early on, now I guarantee I'm just, I'm prefacing this early on. All I wanted in a wife was a great butt and a great smile. <laughs> but, uh, but I, I wised up after that and realized that, hey, you know what? Find somebody who would care for me uh, and care for me the way that God would care for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was much more um, much more of a turn on for me later on. Check this out. Proverbs 31, verses 10 through 11. A wife of noble character who can find. She is worth more than rubies. 
Her husband has full confidence in her and lacks nothing of value. The I no provs. I, I don't have that memorized. It's it's actually on a big <laughs> piece of paper on a bulletin board in my office because I definitely have myself a wife of noble character and I praise oh, yeah. God for her every single day. Definitely. Definitely. So But she was I mean, she'd be the first one to like, Are you sure about D and I'd be like, I'm living proof. Come on now. <laughs> Come on now. So that's cool. That see, okay, that's interesting. So let me ask you this: At what time? I mean, growing up, I didn't grow up in a Christian home. So for me, I can go. I can point down. I mean, I thought I was a Christian my entire life. I'm not going to go into the whole story because I've shared it here and about the church sure. uh, in the in the archives, and and people have heard the story from me. And if they want to hear it, they can go back and listen. Sure. Um, but anyway. There was, I can point back to December 9th, 1991, when I was 18 years old, when I literally, for the first time, really said, wow, I, I, I believe all of this stuff about Christ. I thought I was a Christian, but the truth is, I've been taught all my life that believing all this stuff was what made me a Christian. And then I find out that, well, duh, Satan believes all of these same things, and he's not. <laughs> so what's the difference? And then I've, I met this group of people who actually had this thing called a relationship. And I'm like, how can you have a relationship with an unseen being and, and one that never talks back to you? Isn't it all about communication and relationships about communication, right? Sure. And so uh, and it's like, finally, at 18 years old, God showed himself to me as I was seeking him out and I found out about a relationship with God. So on December 9th, 1991, I said, God, I personally want you involved in my life. I want you to be the absolute authority of everything that I do say, think, feel, act, whatever. And uh, obviously it's been an ongoing process that started that day for me. Sure. So so being that you kind of grew up in this church experience and and stuff like that, can you think of a you know at an age in which you really all of a sudden felt that okay this is real, or or is it just something that you always felt? Because here's the deal: my wife and I are both Christians, right? Sure. So so we have an eight year old, a six year old, and a three year old, <laughs> and of course they'll tell you they love Jesus, you know. Right, and and right. I say Megan or McKenna, how did you get so beautiful? God made me that way. I mean they they pray, sure, but that. <laughs> Obviously, there. I think there has to come a time when when it's not so much. This is what mom and dad have taught me, but right. it's an it's an act of my will to acknowledge that God is God. Exactly. Yeah. So totally. for you, do you, do you remember a point in your life when that happened? Yeah. Um. There is no date in my mind. Okay. Uh, in yeah, my life, I'm, actually, that's and good it, to know. And it's and what you're going to get from me a lot is a lot of regurgitation from seminary stories. Okay. <laughs> because you know I was uh, I was officially brainwashed there at that officially brainwashed. <laughs> at, uh, I like at, that at seminary, but um, but uh, but you know I, I was already a Christian before I went to seminary, of course. But um, I I didn't ever have a time like uh, when other kids had imaginary friends. I was talking to God. And and so I just I always had this relationship. <laughs> I don't know how to explain it anyway, other than that. I mean, I just right. and and if you know, and as a kid, if if I was really really young, I would cuss, and then I'd be like, I'm sorry, God, I didn't mean to do that. I'm sorry. Really? You know, and yeah, I would just yeah. I would have I just always was, had this relationship with God. Was that? Do you think that was the conviction of what we'll call the conviction of the Holy Spirit, or do you think that was more along the lines of mom and dad t- t- telling you or somebody at Sunday school telling you that's wrong and God doesn't like it when you do that. Oh, you mean the cussing stuff? Yeah. <laughs> um, 
You know, I don't know. I was just it, was it conditioning. I, no, I just was it, I knew that I knew that. Um, well, I don't know. I think it, it, to a certain extent it was conditioning, but it was more social stuff than my parents. Uh huh. Because I never heard my parents cuss. Gotcha. Uh, unless my dad really hit his thumb really really hard or something <laughs> like that. And my mom never cussed. She was a teacher, seventh grade life science teacher. So, uh, you know, I, I, th- I really just think it was just kind of a social kind of a thing. You know, you go to school and kids are like they say the cuss word and they put their hands on their mouth going. Pfft. Yeah, <laughs> I just said a cuss word. <laughs> yeah, uh, and I would be like, "Oh, that's funny, but I don't know if that's right." You know, kind of a thing. Yeah. Um, it's really bad when you have kids and they're eight, six, and three, and they <laughs> accidentally say a cuss word, like when you're doing the rhyming game, and you're supposed to be correcting them, and you can't stop laughing. <laughs> laughing yeah, <laughs> and then all of a sudden they realize that, oh wow, we can really get mom and dad laughing on this one. Yeah, and that's and not then, a good thing to they start. Go yeah. On and on and on. It's like no. <laughs> That's not uh, what I meant. No, yeah, no, funny. no. Anyway, go ahead. But yeah, I mean, I just, I just think I, I always had a relationship with God, and and the funny thing is, is my wife was always the same way too. And we went to the Baptist Student Union or the Baptist Student Ministries. So I don't know what they want to call themselves on campus when we went to undergrad. And you know, they would be, they would say, "Well, what was the date? What was the time?" Uh-huh. And we'd be like, "Sorry, I don't have a date or time." And then they would say, "Well, then you weren't ever saved. Yeah, you got to go get baptized." Blah blah blah. And we're like, "Well, we've been baptized." We have a relationship with Christ. Is, is there something in my life that you're telling me that you don't see Christ right, working right. him through? And they're like, well, no, I, th- I think I, I just had this big question mark. And one, one of the seminary professor that, my t- that Tiffany had, my wife had, and he basically just said, okay, who in the room here has, has a date? I mean, like they know the moment that they accepted Christ. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and over half the room raised their hands. And he goes, that's awesome. He said, you guys have got a story, you've got a narrative mm-hmm. to tell people, and you got to you get to be able to express the, the literal total change uh, that went on in your heart, in your life, in your soul, in your head, whatever else. And he said, now, how many people didn't ever have that, but they just always had a relationship? And, and you know, a few people actually raised their hands. In the, and he goes, I want to let you guys know there's nothing wrong with you. <laughs> he said, because in Genesis, that was the way it was always meant to be. Right. You were always meant to be as a created person in relationship with God. I like that. And he said, so I want to give you guys permission to realize that it's okay if yeah. you don't have a specific date. Uh, you still have a beautiful narrative and a beautiful life that you can be able to share with other people. Right. So, um, well, let me <clears> – <throat> excuse me. I, going back to, to what I shared in my story, and, you know, the whole idea is that I remember you know, hearing about hell. You know, uh, and as a young kid, I was able to understand – Okay, after death, there is two options, you know, heaven, hell. <laughs> this is what heaven's like. This is what hell's like. Which one do you think you want? Well, I don't want this one, so I want heaven. How do I get there? And then they talk about this thing called salvation and, and being saved. And I'm like, okay, I want to be saved. How do I get saved? And, you know, as a young kid, I, you know, I, I'm like, I, just get me out of that hot place, you know, just in case. <laughs> And so I, I asked somebody. I need some fire insurance, people. Exactly. And so, uh, so as a young boy, I remember saying, "How do I become saved?" And they says, uh, "Well, you go up. You go up to the pastor during the service when he asked if anybody wants to be saved." Right. You have an so call or something. So exactly. So I remember as a young boy in Alabama going up there and and saying, "Do you want to be saved?" Yeah. Do you believe in God? Yeah. Do you believe this? Yeah. 
And he says, then you're saved. And I remember, that's it. I'm saved. Cool beans. You know, no, <laughs> nothing about a relationship. Yeah. It was not, there was no other accountability follow-up or anything like that. Sure. I just grew up thinking I'm saved. Right. And so, and then, of course, I remember when I started going to a Pentecostal church when I was about 15 years old because my cousin told me there were these really hot-looking chicks there. <laughs> and they were. And even to this day, when my wife puts on a long skirt that goes down to her ankle and rolls her hair up into a bun, I was like, ooh, you're looking good. <laughs> It's something messed up with me, I know. But anyway. The the turn-ons of Cliff. I know. Welcome to the turn-ons of Cliff, episode number 12. Uh, So anyway, um, (laughs) that's really messed up, isn't it? So so anyway, um, yeah, I remember going to this, uh, what I would call a holy ruler church. And I don't mean that in a derogatory statement, okay? I'm not a charismatic believer and and stuff like that. But I did attend a... A Nez, or a, a, a Pentecostal church for a year and a half, and I was very dogmatic too. And I, it's like I went every morning, every Sunday morning, Sunday night, and Wednesday night, and never missed a service for an entire year and a half. And uh, McKenna came in to say hello. Are you delivering some mail for me, McKenna? No. All right. It's her mail. Yeah, it's not your mail, Dad. Gotcha. Can you close the door on the studio, please? <laughs> we have been invaded. I love you, Kenna. Oh, I love you, baby. Sweet kiss. That was a sweet kiss. <laughs> so anyway, um, yeah. So, so I, I so went to the church for about a year. Yeah, I, I went there all the time. I was very adamant about the fact that I never missed. And it's like, for me, it was a very legalistic, you know, sure. this means I'm a really good Christian because I never miss a service kind of thing. Right. And I remember somebody all of a sudden, you know, this is in my six, you know, about 15, 16 years old. And somebody says, Cliff, are you sure you're saved? And I'm like, well, how do I know? And it's like, do you believe this? Do you believe this? Do you believe? This? Well, yeah. And it's like, then I'm sa- then I know I'm saved. I'm totally right. cool. And and so I went on, and and then of course, uh, on December 9th, nineteen ninety one, that's when I realized it's like, well, there's something more than just believing, you know. And yeah. and here's the deal, I really want to say that. From the time I was a little boy, going to that church and and hearing Sunday school, believing in God, I really believe that if I would have died at any point prior to age 18 when I, quote unquote, was saved, I believe that I I was a Christian, I believed in God, and with everything I knew that I needed to do in life to have a relationship or to to be eternally okay with God and in heaven, I believe that... You know, I had done everything I knew to do. And right. so I, I happen to believe, and, and again, this is what I happen to believe. This isn't Theology 501 here. Sure. I happen to believe that if I would have died, I probably would have went to heaven. And see, that's the key for me was the term, is the term probably. I probably would have went to heaven. Mm-hmm. But w- what happened to me on December 9th, 1991 was the assurance of my salvation. Sure. It's like all of a sudden, it's like so I, I started to realize that some of these friends of mine in this small group Bible study – they had more than just I believe these things. They had more of the I'm living these things out and I'm different th- from the world. Right. And, and I'm experiencing joy in the midst of very difficult trials in my life. And I'm like, wow, there's something in your life that's different and I don't have it and you do. And I'm lonely as heck. And, you know, yeah. what's going on? What do you have? And that's when I learned about, you know, Romans 3.23, Romans 10.9 and, you know, all these other, you know, it's just like – Wow, you mean this is what God is promising me and I can have this? Hi, Megan. We're in the middle of recording, okay? Thank you. (laughs) I love you, sweetheart. 
So anyway, um, I'm a new fixture in the house, so all yeah. of the siblings have to come see me. Exactly. It's like, there's a guy downstairs with dad. <laughs> Matt will be down soon. He's got this weird hair thing on his chin. It's freaky. <laughs> so um, it, so what happened to me on December 9th, 1991 was, was at a point in time where it's like, okay, I'm not basing my salvation and my knowledge of whether or not I'm saved based upon what other people told me it takes. Now, for the first time in my life... As of December 9th, 1991, I look at God's word and believe God's word to be the, the basis of what what God's will is in written form put here on earth for me. And based upon its pro- God's promises written to me, I now am assured of my salvation. So there was that experience for me. So I, so for me, it was like, you know, at, at one point in time for me, I became what I feel is assured of my salvation. Right. Yeah. And so I'm not saying that I wasn't saved prior to then. No, no, no. So that leads me to this whole... It's very Wesleyan, by the way. Is it? Yeah, huge Wesleyan. Yeah, I mean, he had he had this warming of the heart, and he had this, this what he thought was a conversion understanding, but then he actually had an assurance of salvation as well, and he, he's got several sermons on it as well, so... Awesome. Yeah, you're right there. You're, you're staying Wesleyan hardcore. Good deal. <laughs> John, we're there, my friend. Anyway, hey, you're going to lead something to me. Well, I'll tell you what. We are going to go ahead and wrap up this first episode. We're going to actually stay in the studio and record another one, though. I would like to, yeah. And uh, we're going to... Let's gonna, just record 12 right let's now. Let's record 12. We're going to get the first year's worth of content <laughs> right here. But uh, we want to say thank you very much for taking a part of your day to listen to this podcast. You yeah. can always email either myself or DG over at feedback at gspn.tv. Uh, Feel free to email us your questions. But more than anything, we would love to have you leave us a voicemail at area code 859-795-4067. And, of course, if you really enjoy what we're doing here and you believe in what we're doing, would you possibly go over to gspn.tv slash plus and uh, see what it means to be a plus member? Thanks a lot. Thanks a lot.